Hey, everybody, welcome. This is our third podcast, our third Bramley podcast, by the way, with the Secret Sisters. This is so exciting. I'm a bit fangirly around this, and hopefully I can keep it together. Uh, But we get to speak to Laura and Lydia and hear all about how they became who they are, how they became the Secret Sisters, and what I like to refer to as the Angels of Alabama. Um, but also their respect and love of Brandy and the Bramley. So without further ado, let us introduce Laura and Lydia. The Secret Sisters, yes! So exciting. Thank you guys so very, very much for doing this. You have no idea. Everyone is going to be so excited. So let's just like start at the beginning. You know, I'm really interested in hearing about Muscle Shoals, Alabama. That name is so, it conjures up so many beautiful images in my mind. Can you guys tell me what it's like and how long you've lived there and, you know, about your your childhood there? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've we've lived here um, all our lives. We never moved out of the, the little town that we were born into. Um, so we live in a, a town right outside of Muscle Shoals. It's actually a, a little community called Green Hill, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, also home to Jason Isbell, who I'm sure many oh, of yes. listeners have heard of before. Yeah, but we grew up here, you know, just kind of right outside the, the famous, uh, you know, Muscle Shoals recording studios of the, of the 60s and 70s. And, you know, truthfully, growing up when we were kids, we were really more heavily influenced by um, more like bluegrass music and gospel music. We didn't really, I don't think that as kids, we were very aware of, you know, the musical and historical and cultural things that happened, you know, in the 60s and 70s, because that was so long before we even existed. But um, yeah, we grew up in a, a small little town with a really closely knit family. And um, music is kind of our family thing. Everybody in our family's got some degree of musical talent um and we learned to sing at bluegrass festivals and at church we grew up in a church that does not use any musical instruments so it's all four-part acapella gospel congregational singing so there's no choir or band or nothing it's just everyone sings at the same time in in four-part harmony and so um you know we spent all of our lives until we were adults in that environment, which is what we really think is what shaped the harmony that we, you know, are kind of known for out in the world. Yeah, and it just kind of happened pretty naturally. We weren't actively trying to be musicians or anything like that. It was, like I said, we were just really exposed and surrounded by music um, our whole lives. That's so beautiful. So your mom and dad, I mean, I know your father is very musical. I've seen him play with you guys. Is your mom musical as well? She, she's more shy about it, I would say. But um, yeah, I mean, she has a really great voice and mm-hmm. her whole side of the family they can all play guitar and sing. And, um, you know, at, at Thanksgiving and Christmas, we would pull out a hymnal and sing songs together. And yeah, she'll sing really beautifully in church when there are other people around her. But I would never expect our mom to like perform. No. <laughs> never. never. What does she think of you guys doing all of this? I mean, I think that she's happy about it. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet because then I drive her car on occasion. I'll get in her car and I'm like, what's, what's mom been listening to? And it's always, always a secret sister oh! CD. I'm like, aren't you tired? Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my yeah. God. She's a fan, I think. 
<laughs> I think that maybe your babies have taken uh, precedent over you two, though, I have to say. <laughs> Honestly, That's true. That is really true right now. <laughs> now, have, have the children shown any sort of musical tendencies? Not the two young. I, I haven't seen anything super, you know, indicative of that yet. I do know that, you know, since the, the pandemic has kind of changed our world, we're not able to go to church right now um, mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. And so we live stream worship services every Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that whenever the congregational singing is coming through the TV, Noble will kind of like I think he's singing. I really do. Of course, he's just making, you know, noise and it doesn't yeah. sound good. But, um, but I do think that he is trying to sing whenever, whenever that's happening. So, you know, they can't, they can't get away from it. It's going to be a part of their lives. And, you know, if they choose to go that route, we'll obviously support that. And if they want to be athletes, we'll just have to figure that out. Since we're we don't both. Do sports. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> So tell me like about your, your beautiful husbands, because you're both married to very handsome men. <laughs> where, have you, where did you meet them and how, how did they sort of come into the fold of the family? My husband, Mark, this is Lydia, mm -hmm. <laughs> but my husband, Mark, I met him, a friend of a friend. We met at that friend's wedding and I was singing at the wedding and he was filming the wedding. <laughs> and uh yeah, we met there and were friends first, and um, a few months after that, we started dating. Um, and he's been really wonderful. He's done several of our music videos, and he's pretty involved in our career. Has really great ideas, so I'm pretty thankful to have have him around to bounce That's ideas wonderful. off of. So, yeah. yeah, my husband actually, we've known him since we were little kids. We'd, we were thinking back the other night, and my husband and I actually went to preschool together. I was like telling him that I was in a certain preschool during a certain time in my life, and he was at the same preschool during those years. We were in marching band together in high school, so he seemed in a really unattractive marching band outfit, <laughs> uniform. Playing the saxophone. Playing the saxophone like the Bill Clinton that I am. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if you can love someone after you've seen them in a marching band uniform, then you know, the polyester. Set for life. Yeah. And he's very handy. He's very good at, you know, hearing my project ideas and making them a reality. He's about to build us a house for some goats that we're getting. In oh, I saw that. I'm excited to see more about your goats. <laughs> there will be more. Trust she's, me. She's just starting an entire farm. So that I by the time start touring again we won't be able to because she has to run the farm. <laughs> you're just gonna have a sing a, your own solo career Lydia <laughs> have you ever considered singing without each other or is that just something that's such an anathema you wouldn't even think about it I I've never considered singing without Lydia just because you know when our professional music career started mm -hmm. that was all I had known of about you know performing in front of people and so Lydia has always been at my side but I do remember when we were making oddly enough when we were making the fourth record up in Seattle with Brandy and the twins I remember I was I was pregnant I was in my first trimester and I was not feeling great um, and Lydia was doing this really like intimate part of, of a song with Brandy and she was sitting at the piano and they were working out these really beautiful parts to a song on our record called Late Bloomer. And mm. I remember sitting on the couch, like super nauseated and watching them and thinking, 
you know what, Lydia could totally have a solo career and be just fine. <laughs> I envision being able to be a mom and a secret sister at the same time. So I was like, Lydia will be okay. <laughs> so funny. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I've wanted my own career. I can't envision that for myself and I think I'm bold enough to do it. Mm -hmm. But I have thought about doing just like a side project situation just for myself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, maybe songs that I wrote that are not really the Secret Sisters vibe. Yeah. But that's just something that I've walked around and but I do haven't I get, gotten into it. Do I get a percentage of your earnings? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. You can't do that. <laughs> they won't make any money anyway. <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> Have you guys considered doing like a, a like a children's album? Yes. Yes. We have actually very, very seriously considered that. Oh, it would be so we, beautiful. Before we even had kids, we both talked about, you know, we, we've been really kind of amazed at how many young children really respond to our records, which is probably very dark and damaging for their little psyches, <laughs> but... Um, Kids really have, have like loved our music ever since our first record. And so all along we've been like, yeah, we should do a, a lullaby record or a, you know, children's songs record. And now that we have kids, it feels like, well, that's just what you have to do. So yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know when we'll do that. We tossed around the idea of doing that as our who even knows yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> COVID has different plans. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I'm so sorry about all of this. Um, <laughs> so, so with your sort of songwriting, um, you know, when you guys do it together, do one of you sort of focus more on the lyric and the other focus more on the tune or how does that work between the two of you? It tends to be historically, you know, we would kind of just naturally divide up the responsibilities, but mm -hmm. I feel like, um, you know, up until the fourth record, it seemed like Lydia tended to be more you know, melodic. So she would come up with these really interesting and, and different melody ideas. And then I, I tend to be more focused on lyrics. Um, mm -hmm. But on our full record, I feel like, I feel like we both kind of, you know, went into different territories. So I, I mean, a lot of the songs on the record, Lydia wrote mostly on her own. And then I just came in and kind of, you know, tidied up a few things. But mm -hmm. um, I, I am really proud. I will say that brings up the point that like I'm really proud of of the evolving she just really stepped up with this kind of like out of left field like songwriting mm. mindset that was really powerful and and important and I, I definitely think you know I can't believe I'm being so nice to her, <laughs> no, to my face. Um, while she's sitting <laughs> but yeah I mean I think that so much of the record is because of the way that she evolved as a songwriter. I don't think that it would be what it is if she hadn't really done a lot of the work, you know, to be the songwriter that she was on this record. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, it's, it's different every time though, you know, it, it just yeah. kind of depends on who's going through the most darkness. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I just felt really inspired. Oh. Um, with writing for this record and I wrote a lot of songs that were horrible and so honestly out of, out of the probably 20 I wrote maybe three were halfway decent and Laura tidied them up oh I think this album is so strong it's so good it's absolutely brilliant from start to finish Thank um, you. 
and I feel like, you know, just having followed your um, careers, you know, I feel like each one of your albums is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So maybe that is, you know, boding well for album number five, too. <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean, we never know. You know, it's weird because you put out a record and then all of a sudden your management team and your label are like, all right, go ahead and start thinking about the next record. And you're like, oh, I need to rest and I need to experience some things so that I can actually write songs that are inspired. Yes. But, well, you've got to enjoy yeah. your baby. Like it's a birthing process, isn't it? Yeah. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, so did, what did you guys do before you started making music? Did you ever have careers before this or did you just sort of seamlessly go into this? Well, we were so young when we got started as yeah. musicians. You know, I was, um, I think I was 20. Wow. Whenever we, we got our first record deal and Laura was 22, 23. Mm -hmm. um, so Laura had just graduated college and was a nanny in mm -hmm. Nashville. Mm -hmm. I man, what was I doing at that time? I think I worked for like a mechanical contractor as a secretary. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I was doing at that time. But yeah, I mean, I, I was still in college. I was um, going to school for graphic design and I was oh. in my junior year. Mm -hmm. um, and So you're clever. You're very call. artistic all uh, around. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked something else. Um, but yeah, we, it was like December and we did the initial audition, um, that we got discovered at. And, um, once the ball started rolling with, with that, I, I dropped out. So Wait, yeah, can you tell I me more really about that? Else apart from, yeah. Um, you mean like the getting discovered yes. adventure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate saying discovered yeah, because it's, it sounds so. It sounds like American Idol. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, so I was living in Nashville at the time, as Lydia said, I was a nanny. I wasn't trying to be a professional nanny, but I was just kind of like in between, you know, in between my college job and my grown up job. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I heard a friend of mine had told me that there was a, this random audition happening downtown in Nashville. And from what I could tell with the information I was given, it was just kind of this general talent search and there wasn't really much you know it, it wasn't very clear what the intention of and a it lot was. of I remember a lot of people thought that the audition was fake like that oh. it wasn't real thing yeah yeah in our in our like friend circle I remember a lot of people thinking like they were talking would talk about it like ahead of time and, and kind of present it as though it was like a hoax or there were people out trying to you know get one over on you but mm -hmm. I didn't go to it thinking oh, I'm going to make a career. I actually just went because of, as I mentioned earlier, the stage fright that I had was so debilitating, but I had this desire to be able to, I remember, I remember specifically thinking, well, maybe if I go to this audition and sing in front of these strangers, I'll finally be brave enough to sing whenever I'm having a campfire with my friends. Like Aww. all I really wanted to get out of it was to conquer my fear enough that I could sing a song around a campfire <laughs> with my college friends, wow. which is so, like so innocent and sweet, but yeah. But I went to this, uh, I took off work for the day and I put on my best dress and I went <laughs> to this hotel and I remember sitting in the lobby and there were all these, you know, Nashville is such a hotbed of talent. Yes. Um, and there were all these people there who were so 
polished and they just looked to the part and there were people doing these like vocal warm-ups in the lobby and I was like who am I I cannot even like bring myself to sing in front of my family I don't have any reason to be here and I almost walked away but they called my group and so we went into this conference room and at the conference table um, there was an A&R representative from a record label out in LA Mm-hmm. And Dave Cobb, oddly enough, uh, <gasps> was one Cobb. of the, yeah, full circle was one of the judges on that panel, and uh, they allowed you to sing one verse and one chorus of a song of your choice. And so I actually sang a verse and a chorus of Brandy's song "Same Old You." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sang that, and then I I like thanked them, and I walked out of the room, and I was like, oh, I sounded so terrible. I felt so you know shaky. But I was proud of myself that I had, you know, kind of like Gone looked looked my fear in the eyes. Yes. And I went home. I was like, well, I've got the day off. I'm just going to hang out. And when I got home, they called me and said they wanted to hear me sing again, which wow. was not what I expected. Wow. <laughs> I went back to the hotel and I got my own like private time with the panel of judges. And I sang a couple of songs for them. And they started talking about you know, we might need to get you into the studio and we need to, we need to, you know, work together in some capacity. And I, of course, immediately started getting terrified. And I was like, wait, I've got a sister. I literally told them, I said, my sister is way better at this than I am. And she's got a beautiful voice and you need to hear her instead. Like I wanted them to choose her and not me. (laughs) (laughs) We drove up from Alabama and from, uh, from my ceramics class yeah <laughs> she cut out a class early and drove up to Nashville and uh she performed a song by herself for the panel of judges and then as we were finishing up the actually it was Dave Cobb that said do you guys ever sing anything together and we were like well I mean we we can and we had not practiced or wow. prepared any song whatsoever to sing together but we sang a couple of songs. I can't remember what we they did. were. We did. Um, Blue Bayou. I don't think we did Blue Bayou. I think we, we did. did. Do You Love an Apple? I remember. Which was on the first record. Yeah. And then we did a song that Fiona Apple covers that is so old. And we actually sing it still at the end of our belong Tonight to You Belong to Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard you sing that. We sang a couple of songs together, you know, not, again, not thinking anything about it. Not, not thinking that what we do together is anything special. And it was almost like you could just see these little light bulbs going off above their heads. And Dave started saying, you know, you guys are like the Everly sisters. And the next thing we knew, um, Dave flew us out to LA, which is where he lived at the time. And he recorded a couple of songs. Including Same Old Including a version of (laughs) Same Old yeah. And then he helped us get our first record deal with Universal Republic about a month later. So... Uh, if there's any question about who we owe our discovery to, it is really Dave Cobb. So, wow, that's an extraordinary story. I've never heard that story before. Wow, you know, I love what I love about that is you were facing your fear, and all your whole world opened up. I love that. It's so it's true. divine. You see those cheesy quotes about like you know all your dreams come true just beyond the edge of your comfort zone. Yes. That's actually true. <laughs> it is so true, especially when it's authentically true, you know, like it's not something you're faking. <laughs> this is like, this was real. <laughs> Complete unexpected turn. And I mean, you know, just because we got a record deal 
that didn't mean that I was automatically comfortable on stage. I, I really had to work, you know, for the first few months to, to just get my feet under me and figure out what it means to be an entertainer. And I find that so hard to believe because you're so good at it. Both of you are just brilliant at it. You're like Brandy. You're, you are like so authentically real and natural up there. People hang on your every word. It took a lot of work and a lot of, you know, we got lucky because we got to go on tours with people who were vastly more successful and more skilled at that than we are. And so we, you know, we admittedly like took pages out of their books and watched, you know, how does Brandy interact with a crowd? How does Ray LaMontagne interact with a crowd? How do I do, you know, what, what is my vibe and what is my stage energy going to be? And so it devolved into the <laughs> hot mess that it is now. <laughs> well, well, I, I have to say that between Brandy and Ray, that's about a 180 <laughs> difference. <laughs> oh no, it's mysterious. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, mysterious, that's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Well, that, I love that story. I absolutely love hearing that. It, it, it just, it feels so right. You, you're saying all of that and it's like, yes, of course that's how it happened. It had to have happened that way. Yeah. <laughs> it, feels, it doesn't feel like if it was us that it happened to a lot of times. It, it yeah. feels like we're making that story up, but yeah. Well, and also we really recognize the fact that for the most part, it's not how music careers come. You know, there are people yeah. who work tirelessly for years and years and years with yes. no recognition or attention or yes. record deals, you know? So yeah, oh, we so painfully overcome the guilt of that. I think yeah. that we felt really guilty for several years. It, it, even now, I think we feel like we're having to pay our dues mm -hmm. even now because we got so many good opportunities in the beginning and we didn't really have to work to get a record deal. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we still struggle with that some days, I think. Oh, don't you think, though, that we all have our sort of destiny sitting here when we come in and, you know, it's up to us to sort of hold it by the reins and go for it? And maybe... I totally, I totally agree with that. And it's, you know, just to kind of tie it all up in a nice pretty package, the craziest thing to me was that when we were in the studio making our first record, you know, we were at Blackbird Studios in Nashville. Dave had flown in and he was producing the record. And while we were in the studio, Brandy actually came and played at the Tea Pack in Nashville. And I went, you know, I left recording and went to this show to watch her perform. And I waited outside her bus for a very long time so that I could give her a copy of the demo that we made of Same Old You. And I gave it to her. I don't know if she ever heard it or not, but I told her, I was like, Brandy, I'm making a record with my sister and a producer here in Nashville who Brandy would eventually work with. Yes. And then yes. Like a few years later, you know, we got lucky enough to go on tour with Brandy and we told her the whole story. And then she invited us up on stage to sing Same Old You with her. So Aww. it was like this this really like strange spiritual connection yes. that was happening every level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, she, she's kind of like a, a little bit of a magician in that way. Anyway, you know, she brings people together. She's like a, a, a she's the, the flame and the moths go around. <laughs> you, know, you can't help but get caught in her light. <laughs> yes. She wants to create a moment. And she sure. is so good at it. <laughs> so good at it. Oh my God. I mean, and, and clearly she adores you two and really, really respects your musical abilities and things as well, or else she wouldn't be putting herself on the line like that. She believes in you guys clearly, oh, as, they, as so she much. should. <laughs> oh, we love her so much. Yeah, yeah. she's a good one. 
<laughs> she really is. So, so what was that like? Like, so, so when you went to see her that night, when you were recording with Dave, was that the first time you'd seen her? No, we had seen her a couple of other times. I know we had seen her in Louisville. We drove up all the way from Alabama to Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, that was our first Brandy show. Mm -hmm. um, our parents took us up there to see her perform with the Louisville Symphony. Oh, wow. Um, show and then I think there were a couple other shows we in, saw her at work play in Birmingham yeah in Birmingham I think um but you know every time we just I just remember the feeling of sitting in the crowd and watching her flawless performance and thinking she looks like she is having the best yes. time and yeah. the people in the audience obviously having the same experience yes. and I remember thinking like how lucky a person is to get to do that yes. you know every night and uh, yeah, that was um, that wasn't the first time, but I do remember. Um, I remember it's funny because after after that show that night at the tea pack when we were um, when we were there in the middle of recording, I was outside the bus with my friend Deanna, and I was <laughs> like, you know what? One of my goals is to be on the bus with Brandy one day, and we both <laughs> laughed. <laughs> and then, you know what you speak into existence. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. So how, how did it come to be that, um, that she ended up producing your last two albums? Oh, man, I guess, and I'm trying to think back to then. <laughs> I, it was when we had, we were at the bottom of the bottom a few years ago. Um, we had gone bankrupt. and Oh, you had we, that naughty manager, didn't you? terrible manager who we fired and he didn't take it well and he sued us and the whole <sighs> nine yards um, and so for a long time we just were not feeling creative we thought it was the end we thought we were gonna have to get regular day jobs um, mm -hmm. but Brandy and her <laughs> in the way that she does she swooped in and wanted to help us figure out a way to to get going again because we had written some songs mm -hmm. we had songs in in the vault ready to go and she asked if she, if we would let her produce a record um and we said of course <laughs> of course that's a dream which yeah. we didn't really have any other option but we she would have been our first choice anyways yes, yes. Um, so yeah that's how it all began and, and how did that inform the album like like the songs that you had in the vault as you say how did um how did you guys all work together to create the sound of of um of that album because it's just so good with that record i feel like we you know lydia and i were both i want to just i mean completely transparent we were psychologically broken <laughs> i remember when we went into the studio just feeling so lost and directionless and i felt like we had no confidence whatsoever in who we were and where we were going and in the ability that we had to resurrect our career so mm -hmm. i feel like you know brandy really had to not only help shape a record but she had to help kind of counsel us through the healing process and i remember you know the songs as they would kind of be born in the studio it was a very like almost I don't know like a, a cathartic experience mm -hmm. and I at the end of each session when we would leave to fly home we would all get together and listen to the songs and and cry because it was just such a like healing kind of moment um 
But I think, you know, Brandy was really insistent on that record in particular about, you know, yes, you are Southern women who grew up, you know, in the country and you, you love really good country music and bluegrass music, but you're also more than that. And mm-hmm. so it's like Brandy had this wisdom to take the songs that we wrote in our Southern way and make them not boxed in. It's, it's like she was able to transform them into something really hip and cool that we yeah. would not have accomplished if, if it had just been up to the two of us. Which were you, were you shocked by it all for yourselves? Did you hear it and think, oh my God, I can't believe we just did that. <laughs> yeah. Some of it, yeah. I mean, I think we feel that way with anything that we record. We just, <laughs> we're always having to like, you know, pinch ourselves. But yeah, especially that record after being off the road for so long and yeah. unsure that we were even going to have a career. It just felt like, you know, we had, we had all done it together and, and come out of the darkness. So, yeah. You know, I actually, um, I had gone to a, a, an event, like a private party in Seattle at the Carlisle room with Brandy when she was um, having us all listen to the cover story album for the first time. And she was so funny during the event, she was pulling out Laura's Twitter account and reading, you know, funny things that you wrote and stuff. But afterwards I was talking to her and I literally had her face I was holding her face. I was like, Brandy, she loved it. (laughs) I was like, I was literally holding her face and saying, Brandy, you're a healer. You know, you are a healer. Like, you know, I I, I cannot stress that enough to her. I don't know if she really quite hears me when I say that, but it's so true. Yeah, no, it's true. And, you know, I I really do think that the people that we are as, as performers and songwriters now was very, very shaped by that time in the studio making the third record. I really mm. think that everything that we have kind of transformed into since that record was made, it was because we had people who were just genuinely fans of us and who were not only fans, but like really good friends who you know would do anything for you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I listen back to that record and I can I can transport back to those moments with with those people and uh, yeah and, and those of us feel. listening can feel it we feel that vibration yeah. it's in there but I, I think that when when the chemistry in the studio is right you do feel it you know yeah. even if you weren't there you can sense that it was it was present so. yes yes wow wow do you have any good like naughty stories to tell about when you guys are doing all of that mm. oh I'm trying to think I just know like people are always asking about like especially with the fourth record, you know, there are several songs where we recorded on our own. So we weren't singing in, in harmony. It's just kind of, yes, I love we them. would have a miniature solo career. And, and that's one of the things about Brandy is that she makes us so terrified of things, but then it's like, if we weren't terrified and we didn't attempt those things, we would never know how far we could go. Yeah. And that girl got me on a four wheeler. She calls it <laughs> She calls it a quad. I am not an adrenaline person, but she got me on the back of a quad in the woods up there. And I thought I was going to meet my maker in Seattle, Washington. I mean, going down this hill that just looked like it had death written all over it. It was not oh, a big shit. It was a huge hill. No, it wasn't like that big. It just, had like, it just had like some branches over it. <laughs> 
we were all on a quad each. And so Brandy had gone down the hill first, then I went second and Laura could not make herself <laughs> go down the hill. And then, I mean, we were trying to coach her to come down <laughs> not do it. and Brandy had to go back up there, walk up there, walk up the hill and get on the quad with Laura and, and, and take it down. And I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just stuff like that, you know. We're like, wimps and she really tries to make us not be wimps. But it's, but it's almost like, it, it, it's like if we're afraid of something, Randy wants to like get push in there button. and push it, push the button a bunch of times. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not good enough to just go slowly down the hill on the quad. We need to go flying down the hill. <laughs> And she, you know, Sounds petrifying. Uh, as she's doing it, she's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, yeah. it's just, it's constant fun, you know? I mean, I think everybody who's a fan of what they do is like, yeah. just dreams of having like a tent on the compound. Yes. <laughs> well, we're, we're almost getting that with these variety shows. Have you been watching those? They're yes. so fun. They're hilarious. Really fun. Hilarious. <laughs> I've never wanted to quarantine with the group so badly. <laughs> I have quarantine FOMO with Brandy and the twins. We all do. We all do. <laughs> I actually, like, I was watching the, uh, the Fire Watchers Daughters stream, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, I know I don't need to get on an airplane right now because I might take germs up there, but I was like, I could get in my car and drive to Seattle and hang out with them for a couple of weeks. <laughs> But it would take so long oh to get there. Oh, my goodness. You would get maybe to, like, Kentucky. <laughs> That's not even a direction of Washington. <laughs> I hope that you guys will do some live stream with them on the variety show. Has there been any talk about that? No. but well, that's a- No! No, we've, we have been approached about maybe doing, like, a, a song, like, contributing a song for it. Mm-hmm. I just want to be, like, in the room though. yeah you know, like, it's not enough to just send them a song like i need to be there <laughs> yeah i hear you <laughs> that would be wonderful actually i i vote for you getting in the car tonight and going <laughs> yeah you go right ahead all right, right. <laughs> or they could charter me a plane like they do all the time you know yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would do that so you could just come hang out in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um, is what, what do you guys, um, like, what do you think of this Bramley thing? This like, you know, this whole, it's, it's like a movement, you know, it's not just a fan club. It's this kind of funky, you know, activists and people who love the music and all the people that are surrounded by Brandy in their orbit, which of course you guys are a part of very much so. Um, yeah. I mean, and they're all like friends with each other. They all yeah. like each other and like hang out outside of Brandy shows. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's quite something. I mean, I'm I'm like a pretty average, you know, middle-aged woman, and I'm sort of part of this. And it's like, you know, my husband rolls his eyes all the time. He's like, Martha, you know, you've got friends, you have a life. What are you doing? <laughs> but you can't help it, you know. <laughs> I think it's really beautiful it to watch. Um, I've never seen a fan club so close knit as this one. Mm-hmm. And you know, anyone that Brandy champions, it seems like the Bramley champions too. Yeah. Like, yes. Are so supportive of us, and I mean, we have so many people who are part of the Bramley who come to our shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, at least a quarter to a half oh, yeah, of our sure. shows are yep. people who found out about us through Brandy. Yeah. Um, yes, I did. I mean, totally. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so we just feel really lucky to even be associated with but you guys. But too, I mean, you know, to give credit, not that Brandy is not absolutely incredible and deserving of her success, but like you don't get to that level unless you have a really devoted and engaged yeah. fan base. And part yeah. of that is what, what you give to them, you know, from an yes. artist and fans. But, you know, I, I really think that a lot of Brandy's kind of like getting to where she is had a lot to do with the momentum that her fan base put behind her. And I remember, mm-hmm. I mean, even before she had all this success with, you know, the, by the way, I forgive you record, mm-hmm. I feel like her fan base was still just like, really devoted. really devoted yes. and yes. at every show that they could go to and flying across the country and yep. you know and and I remember enviably you know people would ask like whose careers do you admire and Brandy was always the first one that we mentioned because they worked hard but it was like the fan base also worked equally as hard mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like it was like all the success was so deserved and it wasn't fast overnight success no. but it was long-term success yes. that lasts forever. I mean, Brandy will have the same fans now or when she's, you know, 70 that she does yes. now, they're going to yes. around. Yes, so. absolutely true. And, and equally the same for you guys, because the, you know, the arms around everybody are big and wide and embracing. Yeah. That's, it's a good feeling. It's been one of the yeah. many benefits of being in their corner for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, isn't it? Honestly, I, I, I feel like somebody could do a whole dissertation on this. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. Well, I know we're getting on here and I could honestly talk to you all night, but I realize that you're, you know, young mamas. And I have to say that you two have the most beautiful boys I have ever laid eyes on apart from my George. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, my son is now 22, so I'm way ahead of you guys. Um, but, we need all the tips you can offer. Oh, honestly, if you need any information, I'm, I'm your girl. Um, and, and I just have to tell you that a son's, I mean, I have a daughter too, who I, who is the light of my life, but there's something so precious about, you know, my 22 year old son bringing his friends home and draping his arms around me and kissing me on the top of the head, you know? Oh, that's the goal. <laughs> you have all that to look forward to. That's <laughs> makes me want to cry. Aw. <laughs> of course, there's, there's angsty so years in, in there too. But. <laughs> right over heels, for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anybody to ever, I'm just so protective already. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, I, oh, our boys. Um, so there are some questions here that were sent in by our beloved Bramley. Um, so first of all, let's see, I'm going to just go through them. Um, Hannah Kendrick. Oh, she just said that um, she was supposed to be seeing you guys in Union Chapel in London last night. Um, so, so she just basically wanted me to say hello from England. So hello from England. Hurts worse than some of them do because Union Chapel is our favorite oh, venue in, in all the world. the world. It is our favorite one. Oh, um, that one is is a painful one to not get to do. But you know, hopefully the old church is still standing when we can go back and. <laughs> yes. Oh, it will be. <laughs> yes, I know it'll outlive all of us probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that venue. I lived. My husband's British. Oh. I lived in um, London for quite a number of years. Actually, right around the corner from where Catherine lived. Lisa Earhart asks, uh, have you had a chance to write any songs about motherhood or songs that are inspired about um, you being new mamas? Um, I have not written any full songs about it. I've written down a few lines here and there, but not an entire song. But Hold You Dear kind of delves into that. Laura wrote that song the day that we 
found out you were pregnant, right? Wow. Yeah, I took a pregnancy test right before we were going to go do a, a weekend songwriters retreat. And I was not expecting a positive, but I got a positive and, and I wrote that song as soon as I got to the retreat. Um, but you know, that song is, it's kind of, uh, I had obviously not had a kid before I wrote that song. So now that song has a whole other kind of, oh, yes. you know, a whole other meaning and weight to it. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there will be some of that uh, inspiration on the next record in the songs that we write but right now I don't I really don't have time to write songs <laughs> <laughs> no you're being a full-time mama <laughs> I always think about you know Brandy wrote the mother for Evangeline now the pressure's on for her to write something for Elijah but that that pressure is going to stop it from happening you know <laughs> I'm afraid the songs that we write next are going to be really boring because we'll be happy yeah. oh no no it'll be wonderful Wonderful. Um, all right. So next question, uh, Teresa McDonald would like to know the meaning behind the song Tin Can Angel. She's wondering if it has something to do with an airplane. Yes, it does. Ah, well done. <laughs> I, um, I, I have, you'll notice that there's a trend that I'm a very fearful human being and uh, I do not like to fly. Um, yeah, no matter know. how many times I do it, I cannot relax and enjoy myself unless mm -hmm. I have medicine in me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'm very tired so yeah, I wrote that song on a red-eye flight um I I want to say we might have been coming home from somewhere on the west coast but I don't remember exactly where but yeah I wrote that song on an airplane in the middle of the night and I was having to kind of bend my head down into the the tray table so that I could sing and hear <laughs> what it sounded like without disrupting <laughs> my neighbors <laughs> Oh, yeah, that song is just about, you know, all the prayers that I pray when I'm very far above the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've told you before, but I'll say it again. If you ever want to learn how to meditate, I can teach you. I teach that. That's what I, I do. I have a healing practice, I, so I can help you. I was like, you know, she's got all these, like, calming techniques that we could really use. <laughs> oh, my I could really use, honestly. <laughs> It's, it's good for everybody to have in their back pocket. Yeah. Um, so uh, Teresa Hanny uh, is asking if you have any plans to do a virtual show while, while the quarantine's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've done a few. We did a few in the beginning of quarantine and, and we sort of tapered off, slacked off. But I think we're about to start picking that back up. Oh, we don't good. have an exact date, but we're going to get those back on the calendar and, and you know, yeah. learn how to sing again. In the early days, whenever the, you know, the pandemic kind of was changing everything, we wanted to try to do some live streams to raise money for our touring band, which I know Brandy and the twins have done that as well. Mm -hmm. um, we, we raised some money to give to our touring band just to kind of help, you know, cushion the, the yeah. no working. And so that was really great. But um, yeah, we need to do some more. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've, I, I'm shocked by how much money has been returned to my credit card. And I'm realizing how much I spend on shows. So we're all uh, flush right now. So do it so we can share. <laughs> I mean, thousands of dollars have appeared in my account from shows that have been canceled. I'm like, oh, look at this. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Um, all right, so Carly McKenna would like to know what your favorite Brandy Carlisle band song is. Oh, that's, that's like hard. That's yeah, it's a cruel question. Oh, man. I think the first one that comes to mind for me is In the Morrow from Bear Creek. Oh, yes. I love that. I love 
that song so much and she doesn't play it that often on stage but it's one of my favorites yeah I, I have heard of that you know they're going to be doing the Bear Creek so you'll hear it soon right yeah, oh, I'm gonna have yeah. to really tune into that one I love that song it's a great yeah. song is that is that right. about is it the banjo that's in the background of that one that's so kind of cool yeah yes. yeah 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 I don't I oh that's like oh that's so hard <laughs> How, how about if I phrase it this way? What's a, what's one of your favorite old Brandy songs and what's one of your favorite new Brandy songs? That's easier to sort of narrow it down. Um, I really, old, I would say Pride and Joy is one of That's my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, new. I love Harder to Forget. Harder to Forgive? Is that the name of it? I love that song. I love that part at the end where it's like, yeah if you have your fist in the air when you're singing that then you yes. do wrong i love that song. Um, it's an anthem isn't it so true oh i feel so epic when i sing that in the car all the songs <laughs> on the newest record are anthemic she yeah. i agree be played to a yeah. huge crowd Stadium. and it works yeah yeah it does well you couple those amazing lyrics with the fact that you know she makes it seem like there's nowhere else in the world she'd rather be than in that moment on that stage, just like you were saying earlier. And you guys do the same thing. You know, you have that magic too, which is so beautiful because we appreciate it. You know, everybody's sitting in the audience. Just, it's like, we're all experiencing this thing together. It's so beautiful. It's church. I hope that we can all get back to it soon. I miss that feeling. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, that must be, yeah, I can imagine all the sound of the adulation and the crowds and the cheering and the shouting. That must be really hard to not have around you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just an ache, you know? It just feels like something's kind of missing right now. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God you've got your little babies to keep you busy. They do. They are- <laughs> it would be really hard otherwise. <laughs> so, yeah. true. Um, so Heather Kidd is asking, she said that she heard one of you make a comment once on stage about a sex bell. And she wants a little bit more information. <laughs> I don't even remember all that of that. Is, That's your story. That, uh, it is my story, and I'm mortified. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was right before I got married, and everyone was giving me wedding presents, and a friend of mine named Jamie <laughs> gave me this bell that you're supposed to ring whenever you want to do adult things. <laughs> What adult things, Laura? <laughs> what I mean. I can't say it out loud. <laughs> Cutting toenails, clearly. <laughs> In our parents' house. So right. I, don't, I don't even remember what what I said on stage. See, this is how my mouth gets me in trouble. But yeah, no, I, she gave me this bell that was like, it was so embarrassing. Because I mean, I, I'm body, but I'm also like a little modest. <laughs> I have visions of poor Kyle. If he ever hears a bell, he starts salivating or something. I'm pretty sure I threw it away because I didn't want him to use it against me. (laughs) Didn't you have a message on the bell? I think it said like ring for sex or something awful. That's hilarious. I don't know if you ever used it. You realize you're going to be given bells now from now on. I'm going to have to make sure people don't do that. You have a bell collection of telling Brandy about it. Yes, I did. You don't ever tell Brandy something you don't want anyone to know about because she will use it against you. But she uses it in like really like unexpected places. Like she has not forgotten. She has. 
She remembers. <laughs> that girl has a memory. She, does. she remembers every lyric, every story, every everything. <laughs> and she remembers every venue she has ever played. It's really <laughs> remarkable, actually. Oh. Amy Wojcik, my dear friend, um, she is asking what advice you would give to any young singer-songwriters out there today. Oh, advice to young singer-songwriters. Um, I would say to write and write and write until you can't write anymore. <laughs> and when you hit a block, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like, there's no magic potion that's going to get you, you know, from point A to point B. It's just you play as many shows as you can in the beginning and, and write a lot. And somewhere along the line, you will write a good song. And somewhere along the line, an opportunity th uh, that is a good one will present itself. Mm -hmm. And that, that will get you to the next point. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it sometimes takes a lot longer than you want it to. Um, but it does work. It's just, it's like anything else. If you want to lose weight, you got to diet and exercise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And clearly like that's put yourself in a position want. where you're not comfortable, like what you guys did, you know? You definitely have to be brave in a lot of situations. Yeah. Um, and that's hard for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're coming um, to the end here, girls. Um, Katie Lou, my friend Clue, who does our editing, our darling Clue, um, she has a question and then I have a request. Um, yeah. So the, the question is, what is the most difficult song for you guys to sing on stage and why? Oh. <laughs> well it, it it all just kind of depends on when we're performing because you know I mean there have been songs in the past that have been hard to perform but of the new songs on our new record um I don't even sing on the song but there's a song called Fair on the record mm -hmm. oh, love that. Um, that and you know we haven't really performed that song a, a lot we have played it a few times but mm -hmm. That song is, uh, it's always been a, a really heavy song for both of us, but um, I, I'm sure those that follow me on social media saw where um, the girl who actually inspired that song passed away from a drug overdose. Of, oh. a few years ago. So um, she, was, she was still living when we wrote that song about her, but mm -hmm. yeah, losing her in that way. And, and, you know, we had grown apart from her and hadn't spoken to her in years, but but finding that out about her after having written a song about it kind of gave that mm -hmm. song, a, it was a gravity that we didn't really want that song to have, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember there was, uh, there was some sort of live stream that we did uh, where Lydia sang that song by herself and it was very fresh, you know, she had, she had just passed away and it just felt so, just so somber and, I don't know. It felt like you didn't get the ending that you really wanted, you know, yeah. for a person. So mm. for me, that one is always going to be hard to sing. But I also think too that, you know, hold you dear. Now that yes. now that I can put a face with a lyric, is going to be a a whole other experience because you know when I wrote that song, I didn't even know if I was having a boy or a girl. And now I've got you know a one year old and. I know his personality and what he looks like and, and I can see him, you know, when I sing those lyrics. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I can get through that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will definitely look forward to seeing you guys sing that live next time we are all together. Um, so I have 
a request for Darling Clue because she is your A number one fan, like hands down, bar none. She adores you guys. Would you be willing to sing a song for her, dedicated to her? Yeah, I think we can. Clue. Do you want? She bless her heart. She'll have a lot to edit. I know. <laughs> These girls are a train wreck. <laughs> Oh, she's going to enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> she's precious. Yeah. So um, what would you like to play? What do you want to do, Lydia? Uh, do you, could you do Hold You Dear? Do you feel like you could get Yeah, I could probably do it. I'm not having a period, so. Right. <laughs> We're probably okay. <laughs> Yay. Oh, oh, I feel so honored. Are you sure you can do it on guitar? Make sure. So, I've never played this on guitar. Yeah, Hold You Dear is a, a piano-driven song, but we can probably pull it off on guitar, right? Okay, uh, let's try this. <laughs> Yay! Maybe terrible, but... Uh, and you, you know. may hear a baby in the background. Yeah, but it'll That's add okay. Effects, right? Yeah. Definitely. This is for Clue. Yeah, with love. the lover of my youth, the solace for my age, my protection from what harm. You'll reach for me on our darkest days, and I will come home to your arms. And I will hold you while my shadows long and my eyes are clear, I know these days will pass away, so I will hold you dear. Oh, blessed mother. time upon your faces. I will cherish you till you leave me for your eternal holy places. And I will hold you shadows long and my eyes are clear. I know these days will pass away, so I will
when my arms are full and I will lay down the things I carry and I will hold you dear while my shadows long and my eyes are clear I know these days will pass away so I will hold God, that sounds amazing on the guitar. I'm so, my, I've got tears streaming down my face. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh my God, she's going to be beside herself. Do you hear Noble in the background? <laughs> no, I missed it. Falling out. Falling he was out crying, screaming. <laughs> I didn't hear. I'm too busy crying over here. You got everybody crying. Oh gosh, Carl, thank you so much for doing this. I cannot tell you what a thrill this has been. Oh, we are always so excited to just talk to other humans. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there is life out there. Yeah. And it feels interesting too. Yes. It has been a while. Yes, so. for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you, I live in Vermont. So the next time you guys come up here for a show, you must come and stay. You can have our house. We have an apartment. We can stay in the apartment. You can have the house. You come and stay. <laughs> But I'm only coming if Robert Shumsky's. Oh, Robert will be here. Oh my God, he's going to be beside himself kitties. listening to this too with his new kitties. Yes, his new babies. He's got those kitties. We love Robert. He's such a precious man. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. The Bradley oh. Golden, and we are so thankful for everybody for just always being so nice to us and coming to the shows and embracing us the way that they do all the music that they love. So yeah. all our uh, love to them. <laughs> thank you, darlings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. From yeah, the depth of my yeah. soul. <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm going gonna... <laughs> to let you go. So please, and thank your mom and dad, if, if he's there as well for looking after the babies for us. No we sure will. All. I'm sure they're fine with it <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they are too oh all right girls thank you so much i send you so much love i really 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 enjoyed talking to you thank you same to you laura have Thanks a good a weekend bye sweeties bye wow oh my god that was just so much fun i'm sorry i was laughing so much but what an absolute joy and pleasure to talk to laura and lydia they're just incredible that song oh i'm still shaking well, I hope that you all really enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, and if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions of anyone to be interviewed, or if you would like to do some of the interviewing, please send us a message at thebramily at gmail.com and share some of your uh, information with us, and we will get back in touch with you as soon as, as we can. So I say good night to all of you, and I hope you're all well, and I hope everyone's coping all right with the crazy world that we're living in and that this is bringing a little bit of joy. So much, much love to everybody. Mm -hmm.